we've been talking about freedom and a spirit of oppression. And I realize that a lot of you are still trying to process that because it's such a normal part of life that we don't even recognize that we're living under an oppressive atmosphere, an oppressive spirit. You don't really realize it until you start getting free from it, and then you turn around and say, wow, that, I, I have been living under that for a long, long time. But when freedom starts coming, when you start, uh, your eyes start getting open and you start getting some relief, all of a sudden it becomes extremely evident and then it, you have to watch it because everywhere you go, you see people that are under oppression. It's like, whoa, you're under oppression. Whoa. <laughs> you know, don't just walk up to people and say that. They'll think you're criticizing them. <laughs> it's it's, it's kind of like when you quit eating sugar. Hello? One of the greatest addictions of America is sugar. And uh, when you quit, when you just cut sugar out of your diet, all of a sudden... Nothing satisfies you. No matter how much you eat, you're still hungry. And your body says, I need sugar. It's like my little granddaughter. I told her, I, she's three years old, and I said, I said um, that's too much sugar. You don't need that much sugar. And she laughed. She goes, I love sugar. <laughs> I said, well, I know you love sugar, but you're not going to be eating that much sugar. But once you, once you start cutting it out, all of a sudden you realize how prevalent it is and how much power it has over your life. You, you, you suddenly realize you're a crack addict. I mean a, I mean a sugar addict. Uh, they actually say that sugar has the same effect on your brain that cocaine has. So it's the uh, legal white powder. I better quit meddling. I, I'm meddling, I'm meddling with, with America's favorite thing. We, we've been talking about getting free from the spirit of, of oppression and uh, what that means, what that's about, and, and how to recognize it and uh, how, to, how to confront it and uh, how to start getting free from it. And I want to talk today about what real freedom is. Do, do we really know what real freedom is? Real freedom, a lot of people have been, set, have been freed but they're still living in bondage. They, they're, they're free, and yet they're in, on the inside of them, they're still enslaved. And we have a, a large population of people today that, that are enslaved, and they don't even really understand what's going on. And, and the number one thing we're enslaved to is ourselves. You know, I've said for a long time that selfishness is, is the basis of just about every problem that we have to deal with. Over 40 years of, of ministry and, and ministering to people and counseling people and dealing with every aspect of life that, that you can deal with, I've come, I come to the conclusion that if we could remove selfishness, most problems would evaporate. Amen. I'm going to amen that because that's good preaching. I know, I know y'all was doing that on the inside. You're just saying, man, that is really good preaching, Pastor. Thank you. So I'm just going to help you out there. All right, so selfishness, you know, every relation problem, relationship problem that I've dealt with over the years is there's all, you can only, always find the basis of it is in, in selfishness in one person or the other or else both. That's, that's always the base motive. 
And when we get when we get addicted to ourselves, we get bound to ourselves. You know, a drug addiction is a is an addiction to yourself. It's a, it's an addiction to appetites. It's addiction to cravings. It's addiction to to needs. And most of it is dopamine addiction. You have a little gland in your brain that releases dopamine, and that dopamine uh, is what the drug in your brain that na- is naturally produced that makes you feel like everything's okay. It's like, oh yeah, th- life's good. And that's the that's a drug that and that's what most drugs and things uh, activate. Whether it's whether it's uh, drug addiction or pornography addiction or eating addic- uh, addiction, no matter what it is, it, it is all targeting that gland in your brain to get the, get that gland to release that feeling that oh th- you know life's good. But the problem is it's short lived. It it doesn't last very long because your body absorbs it and then processes it out. And then you need another shot, and you need another shot, and you need another shot. And, and when we talk about real freedom, what is real freedom in our life? We could say, well, real freedom is, is freedom from being told what to do. And yet that, that is not freedom. That usually causes people a lot of problems. Amen. Because we don't self-discipline very good. And, and so there are people that have to discipline us. You know, I've told people, I've told young people before, look, you either learn to self-discipline yourself or there are people put in place called police officers, judges, and lawyers that are there to make sure you discipline yourself. I said, so you're going to do it one way or the other. You might as well do it on your own. And so that, that's not freedom. You know, freedom to express myself. That is not freedom. That usually degrades to stupidity. When you just want the freedom to express yourself, you usually end up expressing the things that you ought to keep your mouth shut about, and you ought to control. Amen. Whoa, I'm dealing with some. It's getting tense in here. Everybody shake like like this. Whoop. Amen. If you'll amen real loud, everybody will think I'm not preaching at you. <laughs> when I hit you real hard, say that's right, Pastor. Whoa. Come on, preach that. Stay on that just a little while. We were, I had my grandkids in a restaurant the other day in, in Wendy's. I was going to take them to another restaurant, a grown-up restaurant. And my grandson uh, has this intuition. He, he, he's always out in front controlling you, even if he's sitting in the back seat. And just, you know, he, he's always you know, sitting you up. And, and we, we were going to a barbecue restaurant, big people food. And we hadn't said a word. And I was, I turned down this one road, and all of a sudden Israel in the back seat says, Papa, we, I don't want to eat barbecue. He said, I want to go to Wendy's. Wendy's has delicious hamburgers. <laughs> I said, they do? He said, yes, they are delicious. They have delicious hamburgers. And he said, and also they have Frosties. So I knew that he was wanting to go for the frosty, not the hamburger. Anyway, we ended up going there because, you know, we're grandparents. And uh, we ended up going there, and, and you know, there I told him, I said, you have to eat all of your hamburger there will be no frosty. You know, <laughs> Grandpa's putting his foot down here. And so we're sitting there, and they're, they're eating, they're behaving, doing real good, just real well-behaved and everything. And, this, and there was a group of kids be, right behind them in a booth, and, and they were doing pretty good. Uh, you know, this one boy, he, he got up, was turned around in the seat and, and stuff, and, and the mom 
said, turn around and sit down, just real quiet. And he turned around and said, I don't have to do anything you say unless I want to. Well, immediately, you know, knowing me, I mean, immediately I was like, <laughs> you know, it was like, son, you, don't, you might not live till morning if you talk like that again. You know, that's what was coming out of me. And, and I, I noticed that both my grandkids were looking at him, and, as soon, and when he said that, they turned around like this, <laughs> looking right at me with their, it was like, Papa, what are you going to do? They were suddenly terrified that Papa was going to get up and take care of this situation because they knew that's what happened to them. The freedom to express yourself, the freedom to do what you want to do is not freedom at all. It's, self, it's lack of self-discipline. That is not freedom. And that's what America believes that that is freedom, that, that I, the, the, the right to pursue my happiness. Well, your happiness might violate somebody else's rights. So, no, you are not free to, to pursue your happiness if it's, if it's infringing and causing problems. And that's why we have a society and we have rules and laws and expectations and things like that. Today, people don't want you to have expectations of them. i got to tell you something. You've got to have expectations because if there's no expectations, you'll never rise to anything. Few people are self-motivated enough to rise to accomplish something if the expectations are not set there. Amen. Praise God. Stop crying about your daddy making you work in the yard and your mama making you clean your room. My goodness. It, it builds some character in you. Stop, stop talking about it like you was abused as a child. My goodness. They should have done it more because obviously it didn't get the point across. I am meddling today. Woo! Brother Earl Blancett used to say, I got a meddler's card in my pocket. I'll get in, um, I want you to look with me in the book of Galatians, chapter 5. Book of Galatians, chapter 5. In the first verse... It says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made, you, made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Very powerful verse. Now, Paul's talking about old law, new law, circumcision, non-circumcision. He was dealing with, he was trying to establish the gospel in the middle of, of decades and years and years, thousands of years of, of, of um, operating under the law. And he was trying to establish the gospel and being set free. And, and can you imagine being in Paul's shoes, I mean, and, and the apostles' shoes? All of a sudden, they started preaching this gospel that did not fit. It was, it was just opposite of what the law demanded, and it didn't fit. So they, they, had to, they had to try to get people to understand this new concept. And Paul here is saying, stand fast. Don't let go of it. Hang on. Fight for it. This liberty. Wherewith Christ has made you free. And don't be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. That word entangled means means to be weaved. The, the, the yoke of bondage will weave itself into the fibers of your being. That's one of the reasons that, that we have these rehabs where people go and they spend months instead of just weeks because it's a it's an undoing, it's unweaving. 
taken, taken it out of their DNA. It's, it's learning a new process of thinking. It's a, it's a whole new way of thinking. As Austin said to me uh, on Saturday or yesterday before we left, he said, Dad, he said, I am absolutely convinced that drug addiction is nothing but the powerful spirit of witchcraft. He said, witchcraft, it totally takes over your mind, blinds you, and totally takes over you and controls you. And he said, it's a spirit of witchcraft that has to be broken off of people's lives. And he said, I know because I was under it. And he said, I, was, I could not see what was going on. He said, now my eyes are open and I can see. But he said, it's a spirit of witchcraft that literally takes over your life and dominates you and controls you. And that is bondage to be entangled. It's, 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 like, it's, it's like this thing just weaves itself into your thinking, into your, the very fibers of your being, whatever it is. It might be a bondage of anger, anger and, and unforgiveness and, and malice and jealousy and all this kind of stuff. Let's go, let's go to that in, in uh, chapter 5 and verse 19. It says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I want you to think about that. They will not inherit the kingdom of God. When we talk about the kingdom of God, it's not, a, it's not something later on. It's right now. You will not inherit the kingdom of God. In Ephesians chapter 1, starting with verse 17, it says that the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ may, may uh, give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding, being enlightened, might be able to see what is the hope of the calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So what is he saying? He's saying you will not be able to inherit his inheritance in you. In other words, you will not be able to be restored to original state. Original state. When I was reading this, you know, a lot of, and, and when you look at the fruits of the Spirit, we think that these are add-ons that God adds on to our life. And as I've been studying this, I've been trying to understand a lot about these characteristics, and 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 I I got frustrated in trying to uh, study them out because things wasn't making sense to me, and and all of a sudden it dawned on me that I'm approaching this completely backwards. I'm approaching this like the works of the flesh are our natural state, and the fruit of the spirit is our supernatural state. And what I've suddenly realized is it's the works of the flesh is the add-ons of our life. The fruits of the Spirit is the original state that we were born to live in. That's where we flow. I begin to look at, at the fruits of the Spirit, which is absolute true freedom. When you read the fruits of the Spirit, 
That is, this is a description of the working of the Holy Spirit in you. It's not a list that you got to try to check off. It is what Holy Spirit produces in you. If he's not producing it in you, you have a hard time producing it. Love. Oh, and we're not talking about just I love pizza. We're talking about unconditional love. And we, we say love, the word love way too much. You know, I love this. I love that. You know, and, and you know, we need, to, we need to start understanding the word love is a very precious word that needs to be used more carefully. You can say I like pizza, but we've we got to stop saying I love pizza because love is a powerful word. And if we use it for frivolous things, it loses its power. It becomes meaningless, you know? I'm just going to let that rest there for just a minute. Love is a powerful thing. Unconditional love is what we're talking about here. Well, that is, that is really difficult when we are working in the works of the flesh, when the works of the flesh have dominion over us because we have problems with malice and envy and jealousy and, and hatred and reveling and, and dissension. And, and, you know, all these things are working against unconditional love. We, we have a hard time loving somebody because I have a problem with you. I, I, I don't agree with something in you. I don't like something about you. But love, as we teach in our relational uh, classes, love, the word love, the basis of love. Now, this is Snyder commentary. You can't go to a dictionary and find it. This is Snyder commentary. This is something I come up with over the years, that the real basic foundation of love is, number one, acceptance. Number two, appreciation. Number three, respect. If you want to know what real love is, it's not that butterfly feeling you felt the first time you seen your mate or the first time you kissed or all that or you know all those all those hallmark moments. It, it's that's 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 chemistry. The world calls it, you know, we had some good chemistry. And they're right, because chemistry is all about that's what causes all of that. Most girls that base whether they really like a guy on the first kiss. The reason is you've got these little receptors in your lips, and when you touch them, when you touch their mouth, those receptors check the chemistry of that person's body and says yes or no, whether they're a chemical match for you. So some of you girls, you know, some guys you kiss is like, eh, like kissing my brother. What that was was your body, those chemical receptors saying, nope, not a match. <laughs> Kick that one out. Sister Betty went through all the guys in four counties before she finally found me. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> she... <laughs> That color of red looks good on you, sweetie. <laughs> but she finally found a chemical match. Anybody, can I go home and eat lunch with somebody today? <laughs> we... When we look at the fruits of the Spirit, they are, they, are, they are beyond our ability to produce in a fleshly state. 
When, when you look at peace, you know, peace, what is peace? Well, you know, in, in um, uh, 2 Peter, I believe it is, 2 Peter uh, chapter 1 and, and, and uh, verses 2 and 3 down, down through there, it, it, it talks about, in, in, I'm trying to think if it's verse 3, uh, the word peace. When you look at Amplified Bible, it gives this big description on pieces, you know, soul peace, uh, the, the freedom from agitating passions, you know, all that, and, and it's this big definition. And it, it's really almost impossible to, to accomplish in the natural, in a natural world. And, and yet, the Bible says we can have that, and, G, and the Holy Spirit will produce that in you. How does he produce that in us? And then the word joy. I started looking up the word joy. And the more I looked up the word joy, the more agitated I got. I started having works of the flesh rise up in me trying to find the joy. Why? Because I couldn't find a satisfactory definition of what joy means. Everywhere I looked, they said, well, it's an emotion of gladness. Well, what's gladness mean? And when you really dig into that, it's, it's hard to find anything that says, this is what joy is. And as I searched through it, I began to realize that absolute joy is not something that is added to our life. Absolute joy is the absence of some other things. The state of joy is the absence of malice. The state of joy is the absence of sorrow. The state of joy is the absence of anger. When you feel joyful... It's because you are absolutely focused on something and it makes you feel joyful. In other words, you're not focusing on anything else. When you laugh, when you, when you laughed a while ago when I said that about Sister Betty, it's because you were focused on the fact that I just got, you know, stuck my foot in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, see, there it is again. What in the world? What made you feel joyful? What is that? What causes that? <laughs> what causes joy? Where's the definition of joy? What is it? Let's, let's dissect. I like to dissect things. I mean, I have to take it all apart and dissect it and find out, you know, what's in this. And the more I tried to dissect joy, the less I found. In some of the root words of, of, of chera, which is the word joy in the Greek, C-H-A-R-A, that's how I pronounce it, chera, chere, whatever, you, however you want it. If you're from the south or what, you know, it, you pronounce it how you want to. I'll look up the, the definition after a while. You know, rather long, short. But it, to look that word up, the root words that it comes from actually means the absence of, of something, to be emptied out. One of the root words means to be emptied out. And I thought, now hold on. How can, how can joy be produced in our lives when it's something being taken away from us? And I began to realize that the fruits of the Spirit is a natural state produced when the Holy Spirit is in charge of our lives, when He is the, when he is the dominion over our lives, our thinking, and our thoughts. Holy Spirit returns us to the natural state God wants us to be in the first place, and that's because all this other stuff has left. It's been taken away. 
So how do you dwell in joy? You dwell in joy by allowing the Holy Spirit to separate you from these other things that ruin joy. Amen. Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness, you know, we have to preach on that all the time because as human beings we struggle constantly with unforgiveness. And yet if we really understand it, unforgiveness is not a hard thing. Un being unforgiving is a hard thing. It's the struggle of carrying that person on your back all the time. I told somebody the other day as a, as a lady, so I, I use this this I use this analogy because I thought she'd understand it. She's a mother with with kids, and 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 I said I said it, it's like this. It's like get it's like getting all the laundry in your house done, which some of you moms are looking at me saying that never happens. It's an impossibility. But what if you got it all done, but you constantly felt like it wasn't done because you're carrying a big bag of dirty clothes around on your back all the time? And so how can you ever get it finished when you got this big load on your back of what you're trying to deal with, and yet you're carrying it on your back? In order to feel like you're free, in order to feel like you've made an accomplishment, you got to get that off your back and take care of what you're carrying around. Or you're always going to feel like you're never getting anywhere. You ever, you ever had that feeling like, I'm just not getting anywhere? You know, you're spinning your wheels. Yeah, I hate that feeling. I, I'm a person that loves accomplishment. I, feel, I, I have to feel like I've accomplished something. And if I go through a day and, and I've got a lot of things started but never been able to finish it, man, that's just miserable for me, you know? Back when I was younger, I used to work until I got it finished. <laughs> now that I'm older, my body says you can do it tomorrow. <laughs> and I'm not even old. <laughs> we was talking about that yesterday. We, you know, we're... we're we're, we're getting ready to bumps, you know, we're bumping 60. And I remember when I thought that was really old. I remember sitting in my father-in-law's house at the, at the dinner table one day after he turned 60. And I remember Don Maxey sitting there at the table talking about a guy hunting and fell out of a tree and broke his leg. And he said, what in the world does a 60-year-old man have? What business does he have up in a tree in the first place? And we all went. Because somebody at the table just turned 60. And we was wondering, and, and Earl sat there, and he just, he just said, Well, I'm 60, and I think I can still climb a tree. But we think that's old, don't we? Life, we measure life by our years when we should measure it by the people we've had the opportunity to love. That should be the only way we measure our life. These things that torment us, these things that bind us, these things that, that cause us to feel bound, and, and the Word of God's telling us that we can be free from are the real bondages. What the concept we have of, of being free isn't freedom. 
Real freedom is the absence of the things that, that agitate you and control you and dominate your life from the inside. You can be free on the outside and not have anything regulating you, and you're still going to feel bound. It's like peace. You can, you can sit in the most peaceful, serene atmosphere there is and just be boiling and agitated and full of pressure. Why? Because it's not what's on the outside, it's what's on the inside. And the Holy Spirit is the only one that can do anything about that. Amen. A lot of our sicknesses come from the fact that we have all this junk boiling in us all the time which causes bad endorphins to be released in our body, causes us to have chemi chemical imbalances. You know, people talk a lot about chemical imbalances. I'll guarantee there's chemical imbalances because we meditate on things that causes chemical imbalance in our life all the time. And we have all this adrenaline going, when, and this, this, this adrenaline is pumping through our bloodstreams because of jealousy and malice and anger and, and all these kind of things. And it, it's poisoning us from the inside out. It's causing our organs to, to be poisoned. It's causing our brain to be be poisoned. It's, it's causing our lives, our bodies to age. It's causing our minds to age. It's, it's destroying us from inside out and it's self-inflicted. It's like people drinking these energy drinks all the time anymore. I mean, you know, my goodness, what do you need that energy for? We don't work that hard. Does it take that much energy to get in a car and drive to a work where you sit? Boy, I am meddling really good this morning. I got a PhD in it this morning. I mean, I'm meddling. Get off that stuff. Stop acting like you need something extra. And get your body to where it produces energy by itself, and then you'll feel good. Get your brain free from all the things that wear you down, and then you'll feel good. The reason we feel tired all the time is not our bodies, because our bodies can take a whole lot more than we're putting on them. Matter of fact, the more you put on your body, the more it will increase. Amen. If you can't do deep, deep knee bends, and I understand, you know, if, if you've gotten past that, but if you can't do a deep knee bend, and you say, well, I just can't do that anymore, grab hold of something and start doing them. Why? Because you'll find out that you can do them after a while. Oh boy, I'm, I'm, I'm getting in trouble. Our brains is what's tired. It's your brain that is causing you to feel exhausted. Why? Because our brains were not made for all the stuff that's being poured into them today. Our brains were not made to feel agitated and angry all the time. Shut the television off. Shut the news media off. Shut your cell phone off. Stop reading as if people are addicted today to what did Trump say and what did the liberals say. And, well, well, they shouldn't have said that, bless God. Well, they probably didn't. People are just agitated and on edge, and we're drunk on adrenaline that's flowing through our bodies, and it's 
poisonous. It's causing our brains to feel exhausted and tired. And we as the children of God should be the most energetic, happy, free people that there is on the face of the earth. You know why? Because we've got a God that is able to do all kinds of things, and he does them well. We've got a God that's above and beyond this world, this earth. If you're agitated about the way things are going, turn off the news and drop on your knees and start changing history through your prayers. Amen. Oh, that's good preaching. I'm talking about living in a truly free state. And you have to fight for that truly free state because there's all kinds of stuff trying to dominate you and trying to take control of you. When Austin gets here, he'll be able to share some things. And, but he's been in a very, uh, what would you call it, controlled atmosphere. And it's, it's, it's been nothing but the Word of God, the Word of God, the Word of God, worship, praying, the Word of God. There's been no cell phones there's been no TVs. There's been no media of any kind. And so he's just been immersed in an atmosphere of God and his word and his spirit and helping each other deal with the problems and helping the people that are coming in fresh and new that are bound, helping them walk through that first stage. And, you know, just all this working like that. When, when he got out of there, when he graduated and we loaded everything in the car, he had everything. He, he was up at four o'clock that morning because he was getting free. You know, he had things packed and ready to go before we. He was trying to get us to get there an hour earlier than we were supposed to be there. And, and I mean, he wanted, he wanted to get out of there, you know, he wanted to get free from that. And, and so. We picked him up. He finally graduated. We loaded everything in the car. We drove off the parking lot, and he was like, I said, you sure you don't want to stop and turn around and look at it one more time? He said, just keep driving. Just keep driving. And we get out there, and he was free. He was excited. Oh, whew, finally, that's over with. Guess what? It wasn't the joyful experience he thought it was going to be. When he got out there and started being bombarded by all the media and the people and the, all the stuff, he quickly got overwhelmed because he wasn't used to dealing with that. And he said that, night, that evening we went out to eat, and he said, you know, I, I, just, I just need to go back to the room. He said, I, I just need to go. I got to get out of here. And he felt overwhelmed. Why? Because his brain had been in a position where it was feeding on that which increased it. And now all of a sudden he's been bombarded by that which takes away. We were not built. God didn't call us to live in a state of constant agitation. It's, it's destroying you. Destroying me. He called us to live in a state of peace. Colossians 3.15 Now let, allow, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. 
Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Whereunto also you are called. You're called to peace. You're called to be free. Amen. There's some of you need to get agitated this morning, but in a good way, and get agitated and say, I am tired of being dominated like this. I'm going to get free. I'm going to start doing what's right. I'm going to start living right. I'm going to get free from this stuff. I'm going to, I'm going to start letting God take control of my life. Amen. Buck against it. We're into also you're called in one body and be ye thankful. Dissensions, anger, malice, drunkenness, sorcery, all the things that this world tries to put on us is not your natural state. But it seems to be because that's what our flesh gravitates toward. But you've got to realize the word flesh in the Bible means an unholy union between the body and the soul against God. That's what the word flesh means. Paul talks a lot about flesh. The word flesh means an unholy union between your soul, your mind, your thinking, and your physical body against God. And in order for you to be free is when you allow the Holy Spirit to conquer this unholy union of the soul and the body and be established as the reigning dominant king in your life and then he starts restoring you to the original state you're supposed to be in praise god what an awesome thing what an awesome thing hallelujah what an awesome state if we could actually find start finding that freedom amen what a what an amazing thing all a lot of times all it takes is a revelation i had the privilege of ministering to a, a man the other night, that been homeless, been all kinds of problems, all kinds of problems in his life, and and had just been kicked out of the place where he was staying, and it was it was a a, a home, and and because of anger and because of all this stuff, and I had the opportunity to minister to him through the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom, and just and just prophesy into his life and declare what God sees in him. And in two weeks, that young man is moving into his own house. Because all of a sudden, something broke inside of him. And he got a hold of some hope and some vision. And he started taking responsibility for himself. And now he's moving into his own house. Hallelujah. What an amazing thing. What happened? He started getting free. Free from bondage. He was in a terrible state. Doing anything but what was right. But you know what Holy Spirit gave me? You know what the first thing I said to that young man that come out of my mouth? I think I said something about this last Sunday. But the first thing I said to him I, after I got through teaching, all of a sudden I felt my body walking across the, the classroom. That's a weird thing when you feel your body doing something and you're thinking, okay, where are we going? What's happening here? What's, what's this about? And all of a sudden my body takes off walking across the classroom. I go over and grab this young man's hand who's got his head down. And just spent, spent most of the class sitting there just shaking his head like this, just, just destroyed. And I walked over there. I grabbed his hand, and he looked up at me real surprised. I said, man, God, said, God says you're awesome. And his eye, he went. And he said, well, well, thanks. 
And God started speaking to the gifts and qualities in him that God put in him. Not what was evident, but what God put in him, what God called him to be, and the light started coming on. See, a lot of times we see and speak to what's, what the problem is when we need to speak to and see what the answer is. Start declaring the answer. Hey, I'm closing. I'm not done, but I'm closing. I'm, I'm, I'm not even close to being done, but I'm going to close. There's a, there's a fine line between a long-winded preacher and a hostage situation. And I, I, I'm getting this sense that we're getting ready, to, we're starting to move for, into the hostage situation. So I'm, 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 trying to, I'm trying to close here. Hallelujah. That's just a little bit about what true freedom is. True freedom is not adding so much adding something to your life. True freedom is allowing the Holy Spirit to take dominion over you and take away from your life what's been added and what is destroying and what's taken its place in our lives. That's, that's true freedom. When we allow God to be established and enthroned over our lives and who are, what's it mean to say Lord? Jesus, you are Lord. It means that he's in dominion. He's the master of our lives. He's the master of our lives. I've, I've had so many people say, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't want anybody to be in charge of my life, and yet they're so bound, and, and there's so many things in charge of their life, and, but they're blind to it. You know, I've, I've, Jesus has been Lord of my life now for, for over 40 years, and, and I don't regret a minute. I don't regret a minute. The only time that I've really suffered is when I've lost track of that. The only time I've really suffered is when I've allowed these add-on things to start being powerful in my life and not even realizing it until it, it starts causing damage. Causing damage to me. And when that starts happening, there's only one thing to do, and that's a run back to the foot of the cross and say, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. You are Lord of my life. And then we can, we can have a good attitude. We can have an expectancy. You know, I have an expectancy of God. I don't dread life anymore. I expect things. You know, there was a time as a pastor that I dreaded Sunday. Oh, man, I dreaded it. I prayed more about just, you know, God help me than, than I did, you know, trying to get ready. But that, that doesn't happen anymore. I, I anticipate. I, with joy, I anticipate. And I can't wait for it to get here. I can't wait to, to see what God's going to do. Why? Because it's Him. It's, it's about what He's doing. Amen. It's an anticipation. When you dread something, it's because you think that you have to be in control of it. Wow. Amen. I heard a new song this week. I sent it to Sister Val because I, I thought she just needed to have a good time. I mean, I have a good time on this thing. I mean, it, it's, it's amazing. I'd like to see some of y'all cut some of them moves that they was cut. But this is how it starts out. There's a healing in this room with my name on it. There's a miracle in this room and it's here for me. There's a breakthrough in this room. It's got my name on it. So what am I going to do? Going to put a praise on it. 
Oh, if we could just get an anticipation like that. It's got my name on it, so I'm just going to start praising the Lord anyway. Whether I feel like I got it or not, I'm going to start praising Him. Amen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put a down payment on this thing right now. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna put a praise on it. I'm gonna start praising Him because it's here and it's got my name on it. Hallelujah. There's some blessings out there, and it's got your name on it. Amen. Hallelujah. Some of y'all needing some blessing in your life today. And I want you to just declare, it's got my name written all over it. It's already been assigned to me. It's already been given to me. I've already got it. I just got to start praising God for it and receive it into my life. There's joy for your life today, and you just got to start putting the praise on it. You got to start anticipating it and letting it happen because joy does not come to you. Joy simply is a response to you releasing everything else. If you want to have joy in your life, you got to let go of some stuff. If you want to laugh real hard, you know, I was praying in here the other day and the Holy Spirit told me that there's going to be days in the future that people in this church are going to laugh so hard that they're going to hurt because joy is going to erupt in their spirits. And I said, oh, go, let's do it. Let's do it. Praise God. There's a belly laugh in this room and it's got your name on it. You say, I just, I just can't do that. Well, start practicing. Start practicing. Do some laugh practice. I'm not kidding you. I did that. I used to be serious as a heart attack all the time. And God started dealing with me about that. He said, you need to lighten up. You need to start laughing. You need to start enjoying life again. I didn't know how to do that. I didn't know how to laugh. I didn't know how to, you know. And, and I was in this church right here. I'm going to go sit in the very spot that I was sitting in. I was in here praying. I was overwhelmed, loaded down with all kinds of stress, all kinds of burdens. I didn't used to call it stress because I used to, to be stressed out meant you was weak in my mind. So I never, the first time I went to see Dr. Lukoski, he said, he said, are you stressed out? I said, no. Well, obviously I was because everything in my life was falling apart, <laughs> including my body. <laughs> I was sitting right here in this church, and I was just overwhelmed. I, I felt like I couldn't even get up. I was so heavy. And I thought, man, I just can't even do this anymore. I, can't, I, I don't even know how to have a good time. So I started practicing. I sat here, and I went, <laughs> really? And I thought that was the stupidest sounding thing I ever heard in my life. And I thought, you're going to get this, buddy. You're, you're going to start getting this. And so I, I thought, well, I'm, I need to add some more to it. <laughs> Man, was, was I glad nobody was around. So I, did, I started practicing, started making myself do this. I started making myself laugh. I started making myself have a good time. Why? Because God's already given it to me, and if I don't apply it to my life and get it into me and make some down payments on it, how am I ever going to get it? Come on, somebody. Amen. I'm, I'm closing. Praise God. I have landed the airplane. Stand up with me. I've been circling the airport for a while. 
If you want real peace in your life, say, say, God, I thank you for peace. And then, and then do this. Oh, that feels good. Maybe nothing happened, but you need to start practicing it. Whew. Some of y'all, when the first time you do that, try to do that, it's going to come out like this. <sighs> no, you need to say, God, I thank you. I thank you for peace in my life. And Lord, I thank you that I'm receiving it right now. Oh, yeah. Feels better. Praise God. There's a breakthrough in this room got your name on it written all over father in jesus name i thank you god for the fact that you have given us everything we need for life and godliness god you've given it to us you bless us with it holy spirit you've already given us joy and love and peace and long suffering and patience and gentleness and goodness and meekness and faith and you've already given us all these things lord god and we just we appropriate that right now lord god we put a down payment on it because with our actions and lord we just thank you for taking over our lives father i thank you for true absolute freedom in our lives now thank you lord hallelujah thank you father thank you father Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We'll do something else with it. We're going to get anim we're going to do some animated things today. Praise God. I want you to shake your hands like this. What are you doing? You're getting rid of all the stuff that's added on to stealing your joy, stealing your peace. You say you're gone. You're gone. You're gone. You're out of me. You're out of my life. Praise God. I shake you off. I shake all of you. Thank God I'm free. Amen. I'm free because Jesus has made me free. I think I, I think I hear some chains falling. Hallelujah. There's plenty of things in life to make you mad. There's plenty of things in life to make you grieve. There's plenty of things in life to make you angry and, and, and sorrowful. There's plenty of that to go around. But why make it part of your life? Why not just shake it off and say, no, I'm going to go after the good things. Praise God. How many know that when you're digging for gold, there's a whole lot more dirt than there is gold? Why keep walling around in the dirt when there's gold there? Go after the gold. Hallelujah. Father, I praise you for that right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just worship you. We exalt your name. Lord, we just, we just praise you in exaltation. In glory today, we praise your name today. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And Father, I thank you for breaking the chains of bondage off of people's life today. In Jesus' name, I command them to break and leave today, Lord God. I thank you for breaking the power of addiction. I thank you for breaking, Lord God, the, the emotional trauma in people's lives. And Lord God, the, the soulish bondage, the soulish things that are that are tormenting them, Father God. I thank you that they're broken today in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that unforgiveness is just falling because we realize that all we're doing is carrying around a dead weight that doesn't exist anymore. We're just going to let it fall off of us. Hallelujah. God, I just let it fall off of me. In Jesus' name.
in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. Lift your hands and start worshiping today. Sister Val and them, they're going to lead us in some worship this morning. And while we're doing that, I want you to just, just practice what I've been talking about. Practice what I've been talking about this morning. 